All right, greetings. Good afternoon, everyone. I am very grateful to David and Anka for coordinating this uh, Women Teach Trading Synergy event. I have um, highly recommended to other women in finance and trading who I want to come in and, and share their perspectives because the more um, women that can be seen, the better we elevate the whole space so that women can see what they can be. And door real quick. And I'm very happy that I actually run a business which is um 50% of my analysts are women. So I have five on my trading desk, and I'll talk about that a little bit more. But uh in a nutshell, I'm very happy to be here to share my insights on market timing, volatility, sector rotation, etc. Um, my name is Samantha LaDuke. I'm the founder of LaDukeTrading.com. This website will be getting a nice overhaul uh, very shortly, um, and we'll be better representing the core products that we offer, um, as well as the contributing contributors that make it all possible. Basically, I'm kind of known as um, market timer. You know, mother of market timing is kind of a nickname because I'm very, very focused on client engagement. I have contributors that have been with me for a long time. Um, most of them started as clients, um, and then they got basically into a, a paid gig where they share their analysis. So I know the quality of their um, their education and their trades. I have been very for fortunate that. I've been kind of picked up on some national media as well for making some pretty good and bold calls. And that's basically my job. So in a nutshell, um, I am a paid prognosticator. I absolutely predict um, market moves and it is on multiple timeframes and it is across multiple asset classes. So literally chase, swing, trend, um, lots of asset classes. I focus very much on interest rates and dollar because they, um, in large part, make um, the weather and the rate of change determines the velocity. And today was such a busy day because Powell did his presentation to um, Senate Banking Committee and this congressional hearing that is two days uh, ended up being quite market moving. If it hadn't been for Powell getting to the podium and making a big pronouncement about um, pricing in 50 basis points uh, into the FOMC meeting on the 22nd, we would not have had such a big dramatic drawdown, but we nonetheless did. And that was something I had predicted. So I'm very happy that it was very um, productive for clients, um, but not a lot of time to prepare for this presentation. <laughs> As a result, been very focused on today's activity. So I definitely want to um, be available for questions because I'm not sure where you're coming from. In other words, um, I might have some uh, beginners in the group, uh, intermediate, advanced. I don't know if you're, you know, what your expectations are, but feel free to kind of ping me in chat and let me know what um, you'd like to hear from me more of, less of. But I just want to kind of get across that this uh, work that I do is very much focused on market timing across chase, swing, and trend timeframes, anticipating volatility, which I did this morning. Um, and again, on the 16th of February. So basically, this is exactly what I'm what I do for clients. Um, and it is is across definitely uh, the uh, the indices, but also sectors and individual stocks. I use a backdrop of macro. So I believe very much that macro policies, macroeconomic policies will lead price. 
Um, and I call this my approach macro to micro. And I've been using that for many, many years before it became popular because I could see that policy would absolutely funnel into um, a stock sector or index um, rotation. You know, case in point of, of late, we had uh, China um, come up off the bottom in October and literally double those Chinese ADRs. It was very clear to see. And I caught it early from my live trading room because China was basically ordering, not what basically, China ordered their state banks to stem uh, the selling in those stocks and literally to buy them. So now we've got some, um, you know, reversion happening right now. And that's because the Fed is getting um, more hawkish. So that backdrop of Fed right hiking regime and particular policies that happen, whether it be at the ECB or the PBOC, which is China, or especially the Bank of Japan, they will impact a lot of the liquidity that flows into the market. So I'm very much one who tracks liquidity, not just Fed liquidity, but also uh, net buying, net selling on an intraday basis to help clients position particular levels in the market, whether they are chasing or they're swing trading or again, trend trading. So I'm following liquidity. I'm very focused on macro backdrop of policies, especially as it impacts interest rates and dollar. And that's because I realized early that we are all bond traders. Even if you're chasing a particular technical setup um, or you have an investment in your 401k, you need to know what's going on in bond land, which is meaning you need to know what's going on with interest rates. So that is where I focus. I also have um, a product which is called Macro Advisor Edge run by Craig Shapiro, former client, um, also hedge fund manager, and he helps literally operationalize and interpret what's going on in macro land. So that's absolutely critical <laughs> to what's going on in the backdrop of the market. So if you're on a 15-minute chart, you may not care so much um, unless you want to know what Powell said today that was so risk off, right, um, market bearish. Uh, and then you would have wanted, wanted to hear that from not only his interpretation, but also mine, because that's what we're tracking. And that's what we can help clients position for. Uh, in other words, press short, right? Or, you know, it, it's you're free. You've got the tailwind if you're a bull or, you know, got a headwind. Anyway, we're interpreting that on a day-to-day -day basis, depending on macro event risk. And this is um, broken into, at least for my service, three products. I have a community product called, well, community. It's, it hangs out in Discord. It's very much um, kind of younger traders, maybe more on the newish uh, set. And they are led by some very competent, caring uh, moderators and analysts and traders. They overlap with my uh, club offering, which is where I have my um, my live trading room and all of my analysis in Slack. And then we have, of course, the Edge product, which is uh, more sophisticated. So kind of think for uh, purposes of community. You got a lot of beginners, newerish momentum traders, and we're using primarily technical analysis to chase intraday and multi-day moves using stocks, options, futures. And this also has live streaming from 11 to 4 every day. Um, but this is very much focused on more chasing than anything else. My focus is on more of the swing trades, right? So I'm identifying the turns, but as it relates to more uh, meaty and durable swing trades 
um, as well as trend trades. So this is something that I offer in my club product. And that's basically the focus of what I wanted to talk with you today. Um, this is very much real-time market commentary. So I'm going across lots of assets, cross-assets, intermarket analysis, doing lots of custom trade engagement with clients, um, giving my highest conviction trades, um, my secret sauce indicators, my best you know, big idea trend plays. Uh, Craig offer up, offers up his macro, macro event risk insights uh, like today that we had with Powell. And long story short, we have a, a deep bench in total of 10. And as I mentioned, five of them are women. So I'm very, very proud of the company that I keep. And I'm very excited about growing this team of in-house traders. Um, and my next hire will be a woman. So if you have uh, questions, by the way, in general, uh, feel free to hit me up in chat. Um, right now, I just wanted to kind of go over for those who aren't familiar I have this um, three-pronged approach. Community is beginner, club is intermediate, and edge is advanced in a nutshell. All right. So maybe you, you don't know, maybe you do, but I definitely have um, a rotation out there and it's updated uh, on a regular basis. So for example, I go on Bloomberg every three weeks and recently, since January 5th anyway, I've been very, very focused on gold. So I will update gold, yen, and bond trade every three weeks on Bloomberg. It's been really hitting. It's been extremely helpful, I think, not just for my clients, but also sharing that um, and being accountable for that. Um, I have a nice um, rotation with Sirius XM. I also have uh, a CNBC uh, show that's coming up in April. So I'll be on there once a week. So it's it's going well, long story short. Um, you can catch me in Market Watch, a few other places, but suffice it to say that you can also find me on Twitter. <laughs> so um, I am uh, on Twitter, pretty active on the macro bent, um, but all of my details are going to be for clients in their um, Slack client workspace. So just so you know, that's uh, really very um, why it's a club, right? It's exclusive and where we also come together and provide custom trade engagement for clients, clients who are looking for better framing um, risk reward using stock options, futures, et cetera. So that's it. My, my number one job is market timing and evaluate risk. Um, I'm definitely good in a panic, which means I'm very comfortable in identifying um, without hyperbole, you know, how it's going to move where I expect to move, uh, where price to move and when. Um, I have a lot of uh, internal indicators that I can absolutely show clients that will identify the, the selling and buying and the breadth. So I'm pretty tireless in providing the data that corresponds with my market analysis. So it's not an opinion. It's very critical thinking but it's also backed up with a lot of intermarket, um, macro, technical, quant, fundamental um, analysis. So that gives them peace of mind that they've got kind of the weight of the evidence to frame a trade or to defend a trade or hedge a portfolio, et cetera. So that's it in a nutshell, um, you know, why a stock is moving the way it does, what to trade and how to trade it. So I have a lot of market timing calls, but I thought we'd go right kind of to the what's going on in the most recent market, because a lot of this that I've shown before, um, some people already know, some don't. But the point is, I have 
last year kind of elevated this move into, let me just kind of go to a landing page here. Um, heck is that? I'll find it. Hold on. Yeah, we'll just put it right there for a second. Um, in my Slack space. There we go. Let me just get my market thoughts together. There we go. All right. So this is, for example, last year. Okay. I did it. I've been here um a few times. So you, you probably already know that as well. But I, I made a top prediction in January of 2022. Okay. That the growth to value rotation would continue. In that, by the way, this was posted in January, January 1st for obviously a year in review. Um, in that, I had expected the market would fall 20%. SPX would go from 4,800 to 3,800. We closed at 3,835. So it was a very strong um, uh, bearish bet that NASDAQ outperformance would end, and it has. And by the way, I absolutely am not bullish. I do not see NASDAQ um, uh, bringing us back to all-time highs. I actually believe our highs are in. So I believe all-time highs for this year, 2023, are, are in. I do believe that the growth-to-value rotation um, that we had very, very stunningly, right, from my summer 2020 things over paper mantra, and that bonds are done going up, that that will continue that there'll be much more focus or kind of leaning into value plays over tech, even if tech is very oversold. Cheap does not mean it's value. So I still believe that tech and bonds will have one more leg down. And I wrote a big long missive about that for clients. So I'm still of that opinion. Um, crude oil did hit 130 by March of 2022. My prediction in March of 2021, um, when it was 65, is that it would double within a year. It did by that March. Um, it, then it got suppressed. Government intervention is a very powerful thing, and it moved lower. And I said, once it breaks 93 on a monthly, it would head back down. And we have been down and staying down, and nothing's getting us up. So um, the big issue right now is where do we go from here? Since we had a fabulous January effect rotation, which I also called from January 5th, rates have obviously continued to rise. Bonds have continued to fall. We have a wonderful, I believe anyway, um, backdrop for bears to now press. So it's one of those deals where I'm very excited about the fact that we have um, a lot more meat on the bone short. Oh, by the way, that's my team. <laughs> um, this is, this is like I said, this will be updated, uh, but that's my team. And we are basically collectively helping clients figure out what's next. So today, for example, it's kind of like fast forward here. Um, ba -dum, ba -dum, ba -dum. Sorry, getting me a little crazy here, but frog, frog. Okay, da, 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 da. All right, so back on, here it is, here it is. Um, February 2nd, I had warned, let me go back a little bit more, uh, January 23rd, I did an interview lead lag report with Michael Gayad, and I said, this was a quote, fake breakout, fast failure. And then on February 2nd, I warned that this rally, this short covering, um, rally that triggered, uh, the January effect would peter out on February 2nd. And then on February 16th, I wrote, it's time. Brace for impact if bond bulls don't defend here. We proceeded on this day to fall about 200 points in SPY. Then we bounced right back into resistance, which had been basically the breakdown point. And then today we rolled over quite hard. So it's one of those deals where I'm still, by the way, that's the momentum rally where I warned Momo rally looked to start. 
And then I warned Momo Rally is at risk. And that was on the um, February 16th. So this is a rotation basically of growth to value, one of my kind of intermarket views. And this has been very, very helpful to time the, uh, the, the, the petering out of the rally. So what has happened since then? Yields have continued to move much higher. Bonds have continued um, lower. Dollar has continued higher and equities have continued lower. So I also went on this rant <laughs> with clients that basically U.S. government debt is the stock market and that the rest of 2023 would be this um, waves of inflation peaks and equity bottoms so that it was a short the rip kind of mentality. And the, one of the reasons I have been on this bent has been this intermarket analysis view of NASDAQ to SPX. So this was a, you know, very lovely with this 2009 all the way up to 2020 COVID, you know, rollover head and shoulders. We came back in and basically this is when I warned that we would have NASDAQ underperformance. We've had some sizable bounces um, but ultimately, this is definitely rolling over, and this is just from the 18th, and we're coming right back down. So there's nothing really here that shows this trend um, is going to be defended. In fact, it has solidly broken. So that's one of the reasons why I came up with um, the NASDAQ underperformance call. I also feel that this is another kind of one of those technical reads, big picture on a weekly. You can see um, this is um, composite NASDAQ. We've had a crossover, even if you use a 50 and 200, uh, back in 2001, we proceeded to fall much lower, right down into 2003. We did the same type of crossover in 2008. And you can see also when it was very long-term bullish, long-term bullish, but here, not so much. So I'm of the opinion, still steadfast, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed with my tech underperformance, my bond underperformance calls that this will actually roll over and we will continue to fade lower. So that's that's basically what's in play. And then the other part was this um, government debt uh, ratio analysis that I do, which means and I don't have a chart of that right here, that basically when we have this uh, uh, the breakdown of uh higher yields causing debt refinancing to get much more dangerous. It creates more selling instability in the equity and bond market. So anyway, that is that is still working um, as this, uh, the higher yield regime of sticky inflation and Fed trying to fight it, they're just massively trapped. And I show clients uh, what that looks like in regards to um, Fed is trapped analysis, as well as all of my dollar yield analysis, Bank of Japan analysis, which impacts greatly gold and bonds and the correlated impact on um, stocks and dollar. So this is definitely still in place. So none of this has broken. Um, even my you know basic ba baseline bet that 10 year would not break below 3.33. So 3.33 meant that if we if we broke below it, it would be a deflation impulse. Doesn't mean we can't in, in the future, but the point is we got down there and then bounced very, very strongly. And that resulted in this recent freak out of an inflation impulse. So basically the, the whole idea is that we still have a lot of event risk um, to higher yields, not including 
right? The jolts and non-farm payrolls this week and uh, CPI next week, and then FOMC and Bank of Japan the following week. So we have a continuation of risk, and that includes uh, getting above the dollar yen 137 or Dixie 106, or now the 10-year above 4.1. So we have a lot of um, risk, macro risk events, which put pressure on the um, on the market, long story short. So even when the market is supported, for example, by Bank of Japan, Bank of Japan came in in October, you can't see it, but this is October right here, and did three, three back-to-back yen intervention programs. So September 24th, October 21st, no, September 22nd, October 21st, and October 24th. And they basically uh, initiated QE, and that helped the dollar exactly to roll over. And when the dollar rolled over in that mid-October timeframe, you know what happened to equities, right? They got bid strongly. So not only did Bank of Japan did its major yen intervention, but the Fed also floated an article in the Wall Street Journal that they were going to be, you know, contemplating a pause and that, you know, erupted the animal spirits. There was also a very large $18 billion uh, Swiss National Bank U.S. dollar swap with the Fed. Um, then I had mentioned already that PBOC, which is um, China, had ordered uh, state banks to stem the selling of stocks by buying them. They also initiated a lot of QE to backstop a failing uh, commercial uh, real estate market. Long story short, in mid-October, you had a massive infusion of liquidity. It ended up being not just Bank of Japan, but ECB, PBOC, Fed, and Bank of Japan to the tune of a trillion dollars. So that's the reason why dollar rolled over, yields came back down to 3.3, and both dollar and yields um, popped up like a daisy at that 3.3. And now that just shows that they're um, diminishing returns with all of this uh, liquidity that keeps attempting to come into the market to basically backstop it at key points. So long story short, this is basically um, a work in progress, of course, as it relates to timing when the market's going to roll over intraday, um, you know, multi-week, multi-month. But then just recently, I also warned clients again, here it is, here we go again. And it was this morning, actually, where we had a very, very surprise Powell statement. He wasn't waiting in, to float some kind of rumor during a Fed blackout period coming up before FOMC on March 22nd. He just went right for it. <laughs> and he said, nope, that's fine. We're going to give the green light to a 50 basis point hike, which was my baseline, baseline bet that they would have to hike 50 basis points at the upcoming. I got a lot of flack for that. And not everybody, you know, still agrees. But the point is, I was very, very confident that the Fed is trapped. And if they didn't hike 50 basis points, it would be worse. So the fact that they've actually pulled that forward and the market is having its swoon um, is basically the surprise, right? They didn't wait until FOMC. They don't really like to surprise markets. They went right for it. So this is really the risk off. Now we've got the overnight session that is going to be very curious, right? Because overnight Asian session is going to have to figure out how are they going to outhawk the Fed? They can't. They can do yen intervention, right? Um, yuan intervention, which is Japan and China's uh, currency in order to mitigate 
this um, impact of a strongly, strongly uh, uh, um, higher for longer Fed. And once the Fed uh, follows through with a 50 basis point hike, there isn't any reason that would preclude them from hiking another 50 basis points. So I've been of the opinion we're going to hit 6% terminal rate, which is another way of saying the peak rate. A lot of people have said no, 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 but I'm very much on that bench because of my intermarket analysis. So I'm still um, in this market for um, assessing risk. And the risk is clearly to the upside in yields. Even if the dollar doesn't take off to the upside in a big way, the fact that it holds relatively still creates a foreign currency risk. And they are going to be needing to move as it relates to selling things to accumulate dollars, because that's what they need to do in order to protect their uh, bond programs. So it's going to be very, I think, challenging, even if the dollar doesn't spike higher, um, for uh, FX currency not to feel it. So in a, in, a, in a big picture, I've got lots of levels that I use, intermarket, breadth. I can show all those to you. But I also look at quant. And right now we've got a, a big quant scare or quant quake, which has to do with the zero DTEs. So yeah, as you can probably see, I am very much focused on um, a generalist approach to collecting a lot of data and then putting it in context, right? I scan and synthesize the macro, definitely the quant, fundamental, intermarket, sentiment. It's it's all in there. It's all something that I'm trying to put together, basically, the, the narrative of where the market's going to trade next. So right now, it's not a coincidence. For example, that trillion dollars in liquidity that's entered over the past three months, it was worth about directly about 10% in global equities and 50 basis points off of investment grade credit spreads. Now, that's not a coincidence. It really isn't. I, I warned about that when it was coming in in October. And this just came out yesterday. I happened to tweet this. And it's also not fundamentals. So bulls are still betting that it's going to be fundamentals that bring the market up um, higher for longer. But then Powell just came in this morning and said, oh, well, wait a minute. We have no problem seeking higher peak for interest rates. We are absolutely prepared to speed up if necessary. So it comes down to there's still a lot of risk in them moving their longer term um, interest rate dot plot, which is just you know um, jargon for uh, duration trades are not expecting it. Duration is something that allows companies to kind of hedge their bets as it relates to yield. And they have this safety that the Fed is more likely to cut than hike because that's what's happened in the last 40 years. But that all broke down in April of 2022. So let me just show you what I mean by that. So this is something that I do for clients, which is one of the charts, one of many. Um, just look at this real quick. All right. There we go. All right. So just just to kind of take a look, this happens to be, you know, your 40 year bond market it happens to be um, ZV1. You can use ZN. You can use TLT. doesn't really matter. Um, I, I look at lots and lots of different views. But the point is, that's a 40 year bond market that clearly broke down. When did it broke down? In April. This is the April breakdown out of a major, major trend line support. What else happened in April? Our yield curve went inverted. And today it is now the two and 
uh, 10 is like negative 99. Uh, the two and 30 is like negative 103. We've had one year of yield curve inversion. So the bond has been intonating that the market, uh, the economy will suffer in the future. Um, some say recession. That's not really my my job, you know, is to time a recession. That's 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 not my job. My job is to look for risk. And right now in the equity markets and the bond markets, um, the bond market is still very much risk off. So this just happens to kind of show how we got defended so far. This was the October massive co coordinated central bank intervention. And you can see it in, again, any of your bond proxies. Um, but we basically couldn't get back above we came back down, we broke down. This is on a daily, by the way, this is on a weekly. And if we break below this 123 ZB, we've got more gnashing of teeth. If we also break above, and here, here's my core, here's exactly the level I gave on Bloomberg. No joke. Last week I was on Bloomberg with an update on my gold short. And I said, there'll be gnashing of teeth. If we get below, this is one thing, 123 in, um, in uh, ZB, 101, in TLT, um, if we get above 105.66, where did we stop today? In Dixie, 105.66. So I can be very, very, very precise technically, right? I still need a macro backdrop to give me wind in my sales, okay? And then I do a lot of intermarket stuff, which most don't care about. But this is another thing that I had also exactly warned about. This is the dollar yen on a weekly, but same difference. This is the dollar yuan on a weekly. I said, if it gets above 137, we're almost up and above seven. So these are all the same trade. This above 137, this above seven is risk off. It's also very damaging to commodities. Commodities, by the way, whether it be oil or copper or you name it, they hate higher terminal rates. And what did the Fed, what Fed Powell do today? He just raised the terminal rate. So we're literally right up exactly to the warning I gave in Bloomberg. And this is, if you want to see, hold on one second. This is my, this is my Twitter handle, by the way, at Samantha LaDuke. Um, but specifically, here are my Bloomberg notes, okay? So you can see that on the third, I had posted my notes, by the way, every three weeks, right? I go on there and, and update it. So March 3rd was the last time. And here were the exact levels I gave. And literally, th th this is playing out, right? So this is a macro to micro um, call. This was today in my trading room, literally this morning. And what did we hit? Perfectly. Let me show you. SPX level of, here we go. This is this is SPX, right, on an, on an hourly. And I had given the price target literally of 398387. We literally closed at 398671. So we tagged. I had given the same thing for the queues, right? In my live trading room. This was yesterday. I gave the price target of 303. And today that we would come back down to 295.80. So I can do this on a on a chase time frame, right? And then this is obviously gold got a little bit eventful. And that was my short for, for Bloomberg back on the third, right? I'm like, careful. Uh, we could come right back over. You can see silver is literally on this kind of weekly trend line support. So that was price target down here. So price targets for me are this um, kind of natural extension of risk, risk reward. So I want very much to see certain things happen. For example, yesterday when I gave my price target intraday, I said 407,381, that's the intraday. 
with an overshoot of 407.716. We hit it. And then we formed a evening star reversal on the hourly and rolled over. And then today we dumped. So these are all the individual price levels, but I was still of the opinion we were going to come back down here. And the same thing with the Qs, right? Qs coordinated beautifully with this trend line on a daily, with this prior resistance level. Same thing, evening star reversal right at resistance, and it came right down to support. I mean, this is just honestly not, if you're technical, you can use trend lines, you know, moving averages, patterns, Fibonacci. It doesn't matter. It, it, it's it's how you interpret the, the market in your own language. And this is how I do mine. But the, the idea is to, for me anyway, is to identify what are the macro event risks that can get in the way, right? So hence why I warned on the 16th, just to kind of show you that again. So literally on the 16th, right here, this 4120, I warned it's time. And we rolled over all the way down to the 200. And that wasn't really rocket science, but guess what my price target was? 393165, literally. That didn't, that had been there since, you know, May of 2022. That wasn't a line I put in after the fact. Clients know I'm in a live trading room. It's recorded. I've got three live trading room moderators. Everybody can hear what I say and check it. So the point is, we obviously came down as a short. We bounced all the way into resistance, and now we're making our way back down again. So this is time frame congruence. I love to use this chase, swing, and trend time frame to do all of my analysis across indices, you know, um, dollar, yen, bonds, I don't care what, uh, even individual stocks. So for example, te example, Tesla, this is a gorgeous, you know, rollover pattern, spied that, um, it dropped, bounced right into resistance, and now it's rolling back over again. So this on a, on a smaller time frame, you know, might not look so interesting, but this is fabulous risk reward to size up these technical moves or when I was very bearish back in the uh, August timeframe, I had a very strong thesis that we were going to roll over specifically at $286. And I'll show you why in just a second. We rolled over, but my price target was 120. That's because it's monthly support. It's just, again, how I've learned to interpret some of these longer swing shorts. We bounced at 120. And we got right back into 216, which was also price target. Now that's more time. This is on a monthly and it's all compressed. You move this into a weekly and you can see it had it overshot before it came back in. And then it moved higher into 216. And now it's rolling over. So for me, it's a dance on different time frames. And then it starts to form a pattern. It didn't get up to the 200 day, starts to form a pattern, looks very weak. It's starting to fail underneath and then it just it dumps. Right. And today was another kind of weak sauce day, even though most tech did pretty darn well. So my point is, this is very much the the um, risk reward that I'm talking about in the product that I offer, which is very focused on market timing, a live trading room, and then lots of analysis. So that's the special that I kind of wanted to identify for anyone who might be interested. It's also Women's History Month. So I love the fact that um, Anka and Dave are doing this, but in celebration of Women's History Month, you know, th this is exceedingly important to me to get more women um, managing their own wealth and growing uh, their understanding of the market. 
in a language that they can understand. And me and really my team of nine contributors providing any and all support that you need to get the job done, right? So maybe macro isn't your thing and you're not going to hang out so much in, in Craig's Slack channel, right? Maybe you are more interested in futures. Well, Suda is the our futures trader. Maybe you want to learn more about Elliott Wave. That's Rithika. Maybe you're more into gamma, which is kind of the optionality and market structure of gamma that can trigger a lot of volatility in an underlying stock. That's Tiffany. Maybe you like advanced options, advanced options where you're selling, you know, collecting premium instead of directional, which is very much what I do. Okay, so I'm much more of a directional player. But if you want that type of advanced option, um, education, analysis, and trade setups, then you're going to go to Archna's channel. You're interested in oil? I have a dedicated oil trader extraordinaire who is only trading oil, like literally, and his father before him. So literally, that's what Bob does. Craig, you know, is macro, very focused on interpreting all the macro event risk and positioning just brilliant in the macro um, sense. And that is very helpful to me. Like I'm no slouch when it comes to analysis and technical uh, setups, but the macro is very nuanced and complicated. And I've never run a hedge fund like like Craig. So it's incredibly helpful um, that we work together. But there's more, right? So I have momentum um, traders and et cetera, et cetera. So we have a really great shop. So I definitely want to just in you know, encourage you if you're interested at all in this macro to micro analysis, we have a special. It's only until the 15th and it is three months. You get a discount and then it goes away in one week. It goes away. And in fact, I'm closing membership in my club product, not community, not edge, but in my club product for the last two weeks of March. So it's literally a special I'm running until March 15th and then I'm closing membership literally for the next two weeks. So I want to focus on clients. I want to fo focus on um, projects. I want to focus on trading. And so this is very uh, kind of special and unique. I've, I've actually not closed membership before. All right. So if this is of interest, you can, you know, find um, more about a little bit more about the service um, on my website. But like I said, it's, it's a little bit outdated. It doesn't represent that we have this phenomenal team. And if you are wanting to see a little bit more about my kind of market timing calls, you can definitely, you know, go through my Twitter handle and you can see where I've identified risk or I've answered and engaged with folks about my view on particular macro risk, event risk. Um, this is just a little bit of where I think out loud, um, but it's much, much more detailed for clients and the um, levels of everything that I give technically are, of course, live. And then my live trading room um, a moderator, Michael, will summarize and post and then also serve as a liaison with Archna and Rithika for any client that is wanting to kind of get more um, more meat from me. Like they have a particular uh, trade that they're interested in, right? And they want to they wanna get me to size it up. So I'm happy to do that. It's called custom trade engagement. And I don't know very many services that do that. But the reason I run the trading room live for two hours is so that I am freed up in the afternoon so I can do custom trade engagement, so I can do analysis, so I can do writing. 
Um, so I can, you know, engage on Twitter, which is very helpful. It feeds my mind and also gets me some really great guest uh, speakers for our macro to micro power hour that we do every two weeks. Uh, Craig and I host that. So there's a lot of value in taking a look at um, the positioning of macro and how it can help you set up your um, your trades on any time frame. So that's basically why I, I, I like I didn't have a prepared presentation of you know what technical analysis do I use or um, where is inflation headed next. I can tell you anything I want, anything you want to know by just asking me in chat. <laughs> so I figured that might be um, <laughs> the best thing. Okay, so this is the um, women legittrading.com slash women's history month. And I'll post that. Leslie, thank you so much for that. Let me hit to everyone. There you go. And you can kind of see a little bit of, um, so they're the contributors. This is Craig, Archna. Uh, Mike is my life trading remote mo um, moderator extraordinaire. He, he also does the market timing videos, but he also trades and educates. Uh, he came from a really big discord and he's an, an an options, advanced options trader as well. Suda is futures. Um, we actually have uh, Pat. He's on his way out. He just gave his notice a little bit. He is going back to get his master's in finance at University of, of Miami. So I'm going to be replacing hopefully somebody um, really, really good like Pat who can focus on flow. Um, Rithika has been with me. She's awesome. And she's very much focused on the Discord community, but also in Slack for clients uh, posting her trade and analysis around using Elliott Wave Momentum. Um, Riley runs the uh, Discord live streaming from 11 to 7. So the Discord product is 100 bucks, and there's no um, discount offered um, in this particular promotion, okay? Um, so just kind of keep that in mind that this is only for my club membership. Edge is a different, different beast altogether, okay? So Edge is where Craig and I come together, and we are focused on... Um, let me just grab that real quick. No, that's got to be that's got to be out of here. Mm. So this is this is where Craig and I come together, and we are providing for clients um, much more kind of pro to pro uh, concierge service for investors, uh, do it yourself investors, and wealth managers. Okay, so it's very focused on macro commentary, trade analysis. Definitely Discord could care less about this. <laughs> um, so the Discord community is much more momentum. They want the technical setups, period, end of point. Um, and there are lots of ways to do good technical analysis. But the most important thing is working with, you know, um, mentors and moderators who are actively trading and who actively care about managing risk. There's no pump and dump. This is just totally focused on what are you looking at? How are you going to place that trade? How are you going to manage that trade if it goes against you, right? And here's what we're doing. And so it's a very, very different type of engagement in our community than in others. So you're welcome to try that out for seven days. Um, there is a free trial. I've got nothing um, for my club membership for free because you come in and you see everything. But basically, like I said, Edge is, is very much focused on... Um, you know, bigger global equities, bonds, uh, credit markets, and we're doing uh, just a little bit more uh, elevated discussion around uh, mass macro risk um, and durable trends in the uh, 
the, the swings and trends that wealth managers care about, long story short, whether it be crypto or currencies, doesn't really matter. But I'm covering everything in the live trading room. Yes, that's true. So outlook for oil and gold. All right. So this is, let me just bring this over here real quick. And again, just get this over. I'm going to show you my oil and we'll get to that real quick. There we go. Obviously, dollar is going to make the weather on a lot of commodities, especially with a higher dollar yen and dollar yuan. But as it relates to oil outright, I don't look at this in the same way that a lot of people do. First of all, this happens to be a two-hour chart just for giggles, just to show you how most people are looking very myopically on a very small time frame, right? So you can see the dollar is up and over here you can see oil is down. But that doesn't really give you any perspective, at least in my humble opinion, it doesn't. So what I like to do is I like to zoom out, okay? So I like to take that oil chart and let's, first of all, do crude. All right, so here's crude. This just happens to be the CFDs on crude, but it's the same idea. Whether you use USO um, or futures, it doesn't matter. The point is I want to show you that this first and foremost was um, my bet uh, from October. And I was literally here at this conference, literally. And I said uh, that uh, oil would um, move higher into 130. In fact, I can show you that chart. Literally, this was October. Check that out. So I literally have this chart from this presentation at Synergy back in October. No joke. So I did make a call that it would go to 130. All right. It would double from 65, 65. And it was a parabola, basically, um, of inflation on supply chain constraints that broke with deflation from a financial crisis. That's what happened in 2008. And I was not seeing the same parallel for um, 2022. It was very much oil as an inflation hedge. So my whole, whole, whole theme was oil as an inflation hedge. Okay, so then what happened? That was the 130 print, literally 130 and a few pennies. So we pulled back. This is support. You can kind of see this 90, you know, 96 level. So at the when this basically started moving higher again, um, I had a market watch interview and I said, if we don't break $93 on a monthly, then I can see 160. Well, sure enough, not too long after that interview went out, <laughs> literally the market watch interview went out, I think like May. So we were doing really well. We were on our way. And then it petered. It, it, Pooped right through that trend line. Anyway, long story short, we broke 93. And when I said we broke 93, my baseline bet is that we could come all the way back down to 60, um, 65, 65. And then what happened? Well, election, SPR release, et cetera, Russia, so many things happened. But the point is it has gone range bound. So you can see this is September, 2022. And here we are in March of 2023. And we've gone nowhere fast, right? So if I show you on a larger time frame, just show you that real quick. Here we go. If I show you this on a larger time, so on a larger time frame, this is WTIC in crude. Here's that 130.50 print. We're still coming down here, right down here until again, this, this is the low it's made so far is 70. We've been chopping about between 70 and 80. And I just think we're going to head right down to the 65.65. We better hold, otherwise we're going to come back in inside. This is weak from an RSI standpoint, from a MACD standpoint, but more importantly, there's just no momentum. There's still just no momentum. It is a very suppressed vehicle. At the time, I was very bullish on oil. It was as an inflation hedge. 
And then, as you know, inflation has just recently kind of um, gotten back up and, and made the Fed pay attention. But it doesn't mean that uh, that the oil supply di um, demand dynamics have changed. Really, oil is no longer an inflation hedge at all. So you basically have this sideways chop government intervention collar, which means it can't get too high or else it gets tapped down, it gets too low, and then they buy more. So there's really no action here. I, I, I jokingly say to clients, wake me when we get above 85, and then wake me again when we get above 95. So from a risk-reward standpoint, I cannot see any energy in the oil patch since it broke $93 on a monthly. And in fact, my baseline bet has been it would come back down to 65, 65, which is right here where this red arrow is, and it still hasn't. So I am a bull, but not until this gets defended, right? It's not going away. Um, and of course, a lot has to do with uh, China demand, um, they say, but uh, China stimulus is not making uh, a big difference over there as it relates to demand. They have some really big issues, not just demographics and their real estate, but that literally we are flying higher in yields and this is exporting and feeding them um, you know, more inflation. We have deglobalization, we have decarbonization and that they have tons of debt. Their growth cycle is slowing. So I am not a China bull in any way, shape or form. I am not an oil bull um, unless or until we can get and stay back above $93 on a monthly. So not much exciting there for you. Um, on the gold front, we have bigger issues, which is we could have the potential. I mean, this is you know beyond just what has happened of late, which is gold, GLD, just as an example, right? This was my call that basically we would get from this um, 154 up to 164, up to 174, fill this gap. Why is it so condensed? There we go. Fill this gap down, which happened um, back in April. Okay, so April had a very large dump, especially in commodities, but and oil and gas as well, but especially in gold. What happened? The dollar yuan took off higher. I'll show you that as well, but just kind of keep that date and keep that big, big bar, that big bearish engulfing bar back in April. This is the week that ended April 22nd, okay? We made it all the way back up there to fill that gap. And then we had forced selling right here, forced selling. They wanted out. So this is very much when I see it anyway, we sell off in gold and emerging markets, Japan and, and China start buying up the dollar and dollar starts rising. So that's definitely what's happening. And we've had this, again, rollover. We haven't broken 168 on GLD, but if we do, it's obviously very, very bearish and it looks very much like we will. So now take this date right here of April 2022, and hopefully they haven't smooshed this to bits. Good, they have not. All right, so I want you to take a look right here. You see this big bar on the weekly? What's the date? See this breakout? Craig, right? Our macro advisor, Craig, literally warned on the 19th, the 19th of April, oops, uh, was the literally two days before this breakout, that this looked like it was going to move higher. And I looked at the chart and I went, huh, let's see. And sure enough, by Friday, it spiked higher. So as this breaks out, gold sold off hard. So why is gold selling off recently? Take a look. I mean, you can time this inversely with a dollar yuan and terminal rates higher, which is the Fed 
you know, interest rate regime is terrible for commodities. Um, higher dollar yuan and dollar yen is also terrible for commodities. So it's it's that type of correlation um, that I am uh, warning can create a lot more selling in gold. So we'll get there um, and I'll have to kind of update as we get there to see if we have some stabilization. I had originally thought that we were going to get some stabilization and gold potentially could be a very nice asset class for 2023. I was hedging my bets because I wanted to see what we did at 180. Um, but then January 5th came in and I said, protect gold, because now that we've made it all the way back up, right, made it all the way back up to that very key gap fill, it's time to protect. And sure enough, we've rolled over very strong, but we haven't broken 168 for GLD. And that's what I'm waiting for now. All right. That's just a, a little bit of a, you know, a, of an overview. Um, happy to answer any questions if you want. For the most part, I wanted to thank, you know, again, Anka and David for hosting this and, you know, giving women um, a voice in this space of uh, trading and finance. And I combined the two and I've got a great team um, that joins me from macro to micro, right? And I have three products that are very much suited to help uh, beginners to advanced, right? So beginners of the community, club for the intermediate and edge for the advanced. Again, I run the fishing club. Very happy to engage with you in my live trading room every morning. Very happy to do custom engagement um, across, again, any stock, any asset class, any time frame. I'm here to help and we'll navigate this, you know, crazy market as it relates to also VIX suppression. So I'm not completely um, unaware of, by the way, a very strong, um, you know, invisible hand of, of God type of thing as it relates to the market getting defended, right? Which is why I say brace for impact, you know, if equity bulls don't defend here. Um, brace for impact if bond bulls don't defend here. Like I can see when the risk is going to pick up to the downside. And I, of course, am watching for more intervention um, efforts like, you know, Yellen comes in today at the same time Powell is speaking. But the point is, I can still see that we have potential for um, uh, central bank intervention at times. We have the dollar that may not spike higher, but as long as it stays strong, relatively speaking, then it's still going to be a headwind um, because FX markets or foreign currency markets um, are still going to be, you know, at risk of being short on dollars. And that is cause for even more inflation and even higher USD. So this is um, part of this whole mantra that I keep uh, reiterating on Fed is trapped which many people don't really understand the, the concept of this, but it just means that they don't have a way out. Um, and I have charts that I've shown for clients. It's related to U.S. government debt, but I'm going to kind of see um, serve to keep that uh, kind of client facing. But just keep in mind that this is not done. So as bullish as you might read some of the pundits, and I understand some of the, the hope that fundamentals will get better, that company profits, for example, can withstand higher prices with higher prices. But the big picture is if we fall below 3,600, my bet for 2023 is that we will not see higher for years. So that's my prediction. Predictions are hard. 
those are mine. Good luck, bulls. <laughs>